Hey guys, welcome back once again to the Voice Silver Nations broadcast to another power pack lesson from the Word of the Lord. I'm Kerry B. I'm your host. I'm honored to have you today. I want to teach about a heart position to receive. A heart position to receive. The Bible says, "From out of a person's heart flows the issues of life." Have you ever heard someone say, well, "I didn't mean to say that"? Ah,、oh, yes, you did. Because it came from out of your heart, your heart has a power to speak something or release something that's in it.、Um, I always said that if you really want to know the truth from someone,、uh, ask a, a kid, ask a child. They'll tell you the truth. I ask somebody who's drunk; they're going to tell you exactly how they feel, whether they like you or not, because it comes from out of the heart, a heart position to receive. Now the promises of God are yes and amen, but how many you know that you're not just going to get them just about thinking about them, because you have been enforced、uh, every promise that the Bible is offering the believer. You have to force it and make sure that Satan gives it up because he's trying to keep it from you. You have to enforce the covenant. You have to enforce when he died for you to receive. Just because he broke the、uh, uh, the bondages of sin and all of that,、um, the power of God's blessing is not coming to you automatically. You're going to have to do something to receive it. And I believe that your heart has to be positioned in this hour to receive the best that God has to offer. Now, lesson study、uh, for this hour is coming from Mark the tenth chapter, and we want to start reading at the seventeenth verse. I'm going to speak about the rich young ruler. It says, "Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, and knelt before him, and asked him, 'Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life?' So Jesus said to him, 'Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments: Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud.'" Honor your father and your mother, and he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And then Jesus, looking at him, and loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack: go your way, sell whatever you have, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come and take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad. At this word, and went away sorrowful, because he had great possessions. And then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God?" And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, "Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God?" It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, "Who then can be saved?" But Jesus looked at them and said, "With men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible." Speaking about on this hour, a heart that is positioned to receive. I believe a lot of times we don't receive the best that God has to offer us 
because our hearts have become hardened. Sometimes we've had a lifestyle of fear and failure, and we've had many problems that the world has given us. We've had disappointment after disappointment, and it has hardened our hearts. So when that window of opportunity, that opportune time comes, when God wants to shower us with his blessings, he cannot because the heart has become hardened against the promises that are in the word of the Lord. And I believe that as we, uh, you know, the Bible says also that a hope deferred, it makes the heart sad. And sometimes um, we have prayed about things and we have fasted and we have decreed and we've declared and we've prophesied and we've received prophecies from others and years and years have gone by and we're still in the same condition. And it makes our heart in a position where it becomes hard and where we cannot receive. But I believe that if we allow God, and we allow God to be the potter, and we are the clay, that he can take our heart, he can take our lives, and he can mar them and mold them into the vessels of honor that he chooses for us to be, so that when the blessing is available to us, it will come. Because the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, it is around you at all times. You can um, flow into it. You can make withdrawals from it. But you have to have knowledge in order to do it. Your faith has to be up so high that every promise that God has to offer is mine. I believe it. I receive it. It is his desire for me to prosper and be in health. Even as my soul prospers, we have to believe these promises. So here it comes one day. Uh, Jesus was with his disciples and a rich young ruler came. And as Jesus was walking on the road, he said to him, good teacher, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I don't know if he was just trying to play on the emotions of Jesus by calling him good master. But Jesus uh, answered him and said, no one is good uh, but the father. I mean, why are you calling me good? And he said, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your mother and your father, do all these things. And uh, the boy said, well, I've done all those things since I was a youth. I was raised to do those things. I came up doing those things, but I'm still searching for the answer. What should I do more? that I may have eternal life, that I can inherit it. Now, his heart was right as it relates to his desire to live a good life, a wholesome life, a righteous life, into eternal uh, life and receive eternal life from God. He didn't want to miss it. You know, with all the wealth he had, he didn't want to miss it. And so the Lord Jesus, he said, you know, all of these commandments you need to keep. He said, but I've done all those things. Now, this is the part that I want you to see. In the 21st verse, it says, and then Jesus looked at him with love and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell everything you have, and then give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. 
Now, this statement, it stopped this rich young ruler in his tracks because this boy was extremely wealthy. Just say he was a millionaire of the day. Probably had houses and uh, over here and over there and the very best that that day had to offer someone that was wealthy. And here it is, Jesus. He tells him, I want you to give everything away, everything that you have amassed, amassed in life, everything that you have either worked for or you inherited. I want you to give it away to the poor. Pick up your cross and follow me. And then you have treasures in heaven. And this, this young man, it, 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 it cut him to the core. Because when he started looking at the house and the camels and the livestock and the gold and the silver and the jewelry and the land and everything that he had, it was so much to the point where he didn't have it, it had him. You know, one of the things that I've always ask the Lord to make me wear whatever you tell me to do at that moment that I'm not attached to it because it's not mine anyway. We're just stewards of these blessings and material things that God has given us on this earth. None of it really belongs to you. You came here with nothing. You'll leave with nothing. But while you were here, you're a steward of it. Yeah, you can claim it as you as, as you're on, but you know in actuality it belongs to God even if you work for it because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell in it so he couldn't do it and I don't want us to be too hard on the rich young ruler because some of you that are listening to this broadcast you may be wealthy yourselves you may have amassed a lot in life now what would you do if Jesus whispered in your ear and you knew it was him and he tells you to give it away, that $5 million you have in the bank, that home uh, in, in, in South Africa, that home in uh, Bel Air, California, the home in New York City, in Manhattan, give it all away. What would you do? Would it be that easy to detach yourself away from it? For most people, it would not be that easy. Because when you think about the hours you've spent to get it, the years that you hope for it and you believe for it and you prepare for it, now someone is telling you to give it away. So he couldn't. 22nd verse. But he was sad at this word. The Bible says, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And he could not let it go. He could not see himself giving away all of this stuff at the commandment of the word. But, but I, I want you to see the discernment of Jesus. Jesus knew what his problem was. That's why he looked at him with love, because he knew that he had a problem with that stuff. It was not that he wasn't living a righteous and holy life. It was that the stuff was consuming him. And God is not against you having stuff. 
He's against the stuff having you. Let's take a look at the scripture. It says in 1 Timothy 6 and 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith faith, and pierced themselves with many sorrows. The word says that the love of money, avarice, that greedy desire to have money at any cost, to step over someone, to lie on someone, to abuse someone, to cheat someone, you do anything to make a dollar. And, 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 and even if you don't do it to that point, you love what you have so much that you don't give it away to anyone. Some of the cheapest people in the world are millionaires. I work around millionaires every day. <laughs> They're some of the most stingy, self-centered, cheapest people I have ever seen in my life. Not all of them, but a good majority of them. Because they feel like I've worked for mine, you work for yours. I'm not giving you anything. I'd be like, I don't want it in the first place. <laughs> but the scripture said, it is the love of this kind of money that is the root causes of all kinds of evil. And because men crave behind it, they wander away from the faith and they pierce themselves with all kinds of sorrow, all kinds of troubles and problems. You can't trust anyone because you have so much. You're leery of this one and you're leery of that one. You amassed and you amass and you amass and you don't want anyone to have anything. That's a problem because that's a greedy desire. God needs millionaires. God needs billionaires in the kingdom. He does. He does. He needs billionaires and millionaires and wealthy people in the kingdom. But he cannot use the ones that will not listen to him when he says to give. He cannot use the ones that will not advance the kingdom of God. They're no good to him because that stuff has them. Now, Proverbs 19 and 17 says this. This young boy didn't know this scripture, I'm sure. It says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and God will pay back what he has given. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and God will pay back what he has given. Whenever you are taking care of the poor, the only thing that you receive back is what you have given. This is one of the laws of sowing. Because God gives you back what you have given. If you have given them some bread, then you can expect bread back to you. If you've given them uh, whatever type of food, whatever type of assistance, you can expect that because the word says, now we can't add anything to this. It says, and he will pay back what you have given them. That's what God is paying you back. You don't have any interest on this type of giving. To the poor, you don't have interest. You have interest on Luke 6, 38, I believe, giving it shall be given back to you. But on this, you don't have an interest. 
you get back exactly what you gave. I know a lot of times people have gotten a little more than that. And God has caused others to bless them and bless their ministry and their outreaches and so forth. But this is the principle of that. This young man did not know that when Jesus was saying, I want you to take everything you have and give to the poor, that he qualified to receive everything back that he got, that he gave. All of the houses, all of the land, all of the livestock, all of that. According to the scripture, if he had given it away, then God would have given it back to him. Isn't that powerful? Because it gives you back. If you've given it to the poor, you're getting back exactly what you have given. And if he had given away everything, everything that he had given away, God would have added back to his life. Praise the Lord Jesus. So he went away poor. He went away sad. He was upset. The 23rd verse, and it said, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of heaven? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who trusts in his riches to enter the kingdom. He said he had to explain it to the disciples because they were astonished because they were not poor people. They were wealthy themselves. They were astonished. Like, what is he saying? 26 verse. And they were greatly astonished saying among themselves, Oh, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. They were astonished for the fact that they had wealth themselves. And to them, it sounded like Jesus was saying, you cannot make it in the kingdom if you're wealthy. And many people have misinterpreted this scripture. That is not what it's saying. It's not saying that. It is saying that if you trust in that stuff, you're not going to let it go. And God cannot use you to use it for the kingdom. So your heart has to be positioned to receive. If this rich young ruler's heart was positioned to receive, as he had given out and distributed his wealth out, according to Proverbs 19 and 17, God would have repaid him for everything that he had just given out. So in actuality, he wouldn't have lost anything. He would have received it all back. Praise God. Guys, in this hour, we need to have our hearts in a position to receive from the Lord. Because I believe that God has someone that has your name on it. Your name has been put in the mouth of someone. In the heart of someone. And I believe that God is going to speak to that person in regards to you. And he's going to bless you through them. Praise God. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. There are people around you that have power and influence. And all God has to do is speak to, speak to them on your behalf and they can be a blessing to you. But your heart has to be in a position to receive. If you want to advance the kingdom, that's the quickest way to receive finances in your hands. To receive wealth and prosperity in your hands when you're advancing the kingdom. Because there are different levels of sowing, different levels of blessings. Praise God. Hey guys, I'm glad 
Um, like I said, that you tune in on this hour, and I hope you enjoyed this lesson. This is Voice of a Nation's broadcast, Carrie B. Vine Radio. We love you guys, and we talk to you real soon. Make sure your heart is positioned to receive in this hour. Talk to you later. Hey guys, welcome to the Voice Over Nations broadcast. I'm your host, Carrie B. I hope you had an opportunity to refresh yourself as we continue in our lesson study, A Heart That Is Positioned to Receive, Part 2. I've been speaking about heart issues. You know, the Bible says that from out of the heart flows the issues of life. And if you want to receive the promises of God, you have to make sure that your heart is ready to receive and it's not contaminated with the weeds and the cares of this world that would choke out the blessing from coming into your life. Our lesson study, we spoke about the rich young ruler that was found in the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter. And uh, as I said before, he uh, came with a lot of riches and he asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord instructed him that keep the commandments. He said, I've done all of that. He looked at him with love. He said, one thing you have not done. Take all your riches, all your wealth, and give it to the poor. Pick up your cross and follow me. The young man couldn't do it because they had a lot of possessions. And Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. And when he said that, the disciples were astonished. And then he had explained himself. He said, for those that trust in their riches, that's what he was talking about. So God is not against you having riches. He's against the riches having you. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of it, not money itself. Money is a means of exchange, but it's your heart position towards money, wealth, and prosperity. God needs billionaires in the kingdom. He needs millionaires and billionaires in the kingdom because you have to have money to advance the kingdom of God throughout the whole entire earth. So I want to look at the, the next part of this lesson, Mark, the 10th chapter, the 28th verse. And it said, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house, our brothers, our sisters, our father, our mother, our wife, our children, our lands for my sake and the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold right now in this lifetime houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands but it's coming with persecution and in this age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last shall be the first so peter i guess he kind of got upset too um if you're talking about Jesus, you know, no one can inherit the kingdom of heaven that's rich. He said, we have left everything, our fishing business, um, our livelihood to follow you. And Jesus said, uh, look here, cousin. <laughs> no one has left your houses, your lands, your business, your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers, everything that you consider as important. He said, no one has left it for my sake and the gospel's sake that shall not receive 
a hundredfold return right now. He said, if you left that for the gospel's sake, and I want you to listen, saints, whatever you're leaving for the gospel's sake, whatever you're doing for the gospel's sake, this is a promise from Jesus himself, the living word of God. He said that you're going to get it back and it's coming back 100 fold in this lifetime, not when you die, but in this lifetime. That's something you need to look for because it's a promise from him. But your heart has to be positioned to receive it with faith. He said you'll get it in this lifetime, but it's coming with persecution. You're going to get it back, but it's going to be some fire on it when it comes because your adversary does not want you to have it. And even people that you know don't want you to have it. People get jealous and envious when God starts to bless you. When he starts to elevate you in front of your brothers, my Lord, people stop talking, start acting funny. You're like, what in the world did I do now? Because they don't like that. So persecution comes with elevation. I heard someone say, greater level, greater devil. I don't know if that's true or not. Probably is. But he said, you're going to get it back now. With persecution in this life, lifetime. For the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You're going to get the lands back and all of that. A hundredfold now. You need to look for the hundredfold now. That's a word from the Lord for you. Now, let me go to the other part of this because I heard the Lord say, speak to the people this also. And this is coming from Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, the first through the 11th verse. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 11. And it says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Now God is speaking to the children of Israel. They're about to come into the land. He's given them instruction that when you come into this place, I want you to do certain things. And he said, first of all, you must obey my commandments. Be careful to observe everything that I tell you to do. Now, this was for the children of Israel, but I think it still applies today. I believe that we can tap into what God told them right now. And the second verse, and it says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. How many years has God led you through stuff? Maybe you didn't spend 40 years in the wilderness going around and around in a circle, but he led you through something in your life. You've been through trials and tribulations and turmoils and ups and downs. You've been in the valleys, in the caves, on the mountains, in the ditches. You've been dragged through the mud. He has been good to you. God is saying, I'm the one that brought you out of that. He said, I led you, it was me, through the wilderness to humble and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandment or not. So he humbled you. God humbled you. You had to be humbled before you were elevated in certain seasons. 
So he humbled you. He allowed you to go hungry. He fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that, my, that man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. A word of the Lord is saying that I brought you through all of this. There were times that you had plenty. There was time that you didn't have anything. But I still brought you to the place where you are right now. He said, it's not the bread that you need to worry about. You need to pay attention, attention to the preceding word out of the mouth of God. Because you can eat the bread and still be hungry. Hmm. He said, your garments did not wear out on you. Nor did your foot swell for 40 years. And look at the blessing of God. Look at the grace of God. He said, that your clothes didn't even wear out for 40 years. They were in the wilderness for 40 years and their clothes did not wear out. Did not wear out. The shoes that were on their feet, when, they foot, when their foot grew, the shoes grew with the foot or with the feet. Every time their feet would grow, their shoes would grow too. Every time they gained weight, the clothes would grow too to their size. They didn't walk around with tight jeans on for 40 years because they gained weight. It grew with them. This was a miracle. This was a blessing of God. He sustained them in that wilderness. And it says in the fifth verse, and you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. God chastens those who he loves. Sometimes, you know, um, God has to deal with us in a hard way because we are hard-headed and rebellious. He chastens just like a good parent. You cannot allow your children to do any and everything they want to do without chastening them. Without correcting them and giving them instruction, whether they like it or not. You the parent. Laid alone a lie. That's how they grow. And it said, therefore, you shall keep the commandment of the Lord your God. Now listen to the instruction. Because we are speaking about a hard position to receive. God has given them instruction. He said, therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God. You have to keep them. What has God spoken to you in his word? 21st century church, you have to keep the commandments of God. Well, they said that we shouldn't. What did God say? Well, they say we can do this now. What did God say? He hasn't changed his mind of what he said in the past. It doesn't make any difference if you're under grace or not. What he said, he means. So, therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. I believe we have a lack of fear in this hour for God. We think we can just do anything before God. Come in any kind of way and not have a fear of God. I can understand the world um, not really knowing who God is, but I'm talking about the church. 
church people have gotten to the place where they don't fear God anymore. They do anything and say anything in church. When a person doesn't know, know God, you can expect that from them. When a person is just getting saved or they're unsaved and they come to church and they're halfway dressed, you can expect that from the world. But the church? You mean to tell me that you would come to the house of God with a halter top on? And you in the church? And you know better? And you save and fill with the Holy Spirit? No, you don't fear God. <sighs> we have to fear God. The seven verse. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Listen, this is what I want to get to. God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hill you can dig copper. And when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Oh my gosh, this is one of the favorite parts of the scripture in Deuteronomy to me. God is bringing you into when your heart is positioned, when your heart is positioned to receive from the Lord, God is bringing you into a good land. This is a word for somebody that needs to hear this in this hour. You are discouraged. You at your wits end. You don't know if God is for you or against you. He is for you. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of peace and not of evil to give you hope and an expected end. He's for you, not against you. If he was against you, you would really, really know it. That's the enemy trying to make you think that God doesn't like you. God loves you. He gave his son to die for you. He would do anything for you. Now, you may have some issues in your life, some character flaws that will stop the power and the presence of God from being in your life. All you have to do is straighten those things up. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you what you need to do. But there's a good land that God has prepared for you. It's not in subsidized housing. It's not in the projects. It's not in a shack. It's not on the wrong side of the track. It's not in a place of scarcity and poverty, but it is a good land. It's the best land that you can live in. It's a land where millionaires live. It's a land of gated community where you don't have to worry about while you're watching television, somebody doing a drive-by. <sighs> or someone shooting fireworks all night long and it's not even July. Or someone just uh, is a product of mayhem and they're doing everything to cause trouble. But the land that God is giving you, it's a good land. You got brooks and water fountains and springs and valleys and hills. It's a, plant, a, a land of harvest of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. You can eat bread as much as you want without scarcity. You will lack nothing in this land. The land is so prosperous that the stones are like iron. It's a prosper, prosperous land. It has ores 
It has gemstones. It's a prosper, pro prosperous land. It is he who has given it to you. But beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which he commands you this day. God wants to bless you to the point where you cannot even receive the blessings that he's pouring out. I'm speaking about being blessed every place you go. You're so blessed because your position is right to receive from God. You're so blessed that people look at you and they don't even know you. And they can tell that it's something about your life. There's a type of glow on your life that they need to have. I'm talking, have you ever seen someone and you could look at them, look at them, and you know they're rich? Just by the way they act, the way they, they glow, the way they walk with assurance and confidence, the way they uh, speak. I once had a person that, uh, visited resort that I work for and he was very wealthy and I picked him up one time and uh, he said Carrie he said I want you to do this for me and I want you to do that for me and he was saying all these different things and I told him I said um, you need to check with our department because it would be a surcharge for it he said I don't care money is not a problem to me Whenever you have someone that says money is not a problem, <laughs> I don't care what it costs. Give it to me. Do it. Whatever I ask for, just, just give it to me. Just do it. I'll pay the price. If I want you to spend all day with me, I don't care what it costs. Just do it. That's the type of blessing. That's the type of life that God wants to bring you into. But your heart has to be positioned to receive. Your heart. And I believe one of the ways that your heart is positioned to receive is to follow all of the commandments of God. Whatever he tells you to do, be swift to obey what the Lord says to do. No matter who's going the opposite direction, no matter who's doing wrong, no matter who's saying no, what God is saying yes, do what he says to do. Whatever he speaks, be quick to listen and be quick to obey. And God will favor your life forever and ever and ever. This is a promise to you. Get ready for the best that God has to offer. No matter what's happening in the world, he can still bring you the best. Because with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Set your eyes on the best that God has. Because he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us.
whatever your thought is that God can do for you, he can do far above that. That's the kind of God he is. The earth is his, everything in it. it God, God doesn't just own planet earth. He owns solar systems. <laughs> he owns planets. He owns everything. He's your father. And he wants to give you a portion of it. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this uh, lesson. Heart position to receive. Get your heart right. Get a position to receive the best from God. Until we talk again, this is Kerry B. Voice Silver Nations broadcast, Vine Radio. Talk to you soon.